Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Can we stand up? Uh, I'm sorry you just sat down, but I wanted to catch you before you sat down, but it, it, it happened. So as we're preparing our hearts for the word of God, who is our everything? It is very important that we are personally connected to the Spirit of God. Inviting Him to do much more than what we expect and think. Because that's what He has promised us. Sometimes even if we get the things that we expect, that, that is joyful. But the Lord is promising us much more than we can think, imagine, expect. How wonderful is that? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We just want to tell you this morning, you are our everything. Who we are and what we are is because of your grace. We have nothing without you. We're done. Lord, we are dependent on you this morning. Although we have the written word in our hands... We are totally dependent on you, your Holy Spirit, to be here. Lord, to work on our minds, our, our hearts. Lord, to fight off demonic spirits in this place. Lord, we need you here. We need you. And thank you for always valuing the prayer of your people. Because because of that, you'll be here. We know that. Lord, would you control the environment in this place tonight? Lord, would you take control of the atmosphere? Lord, the air in this building this morning. Take total control over our minds, the presence of people, Lord. What we consider impossible, take full control, full charge of that, Lord. Is there anything impossible to me? That was the question that you posed to your people. Is there anything that is impossible to me? Lord, take control of that impossibility. Whether it is in marriage, in life, Lord. Would you light that darkness that your people may be in tonight, this morning, Lord? I pray, hallelujah. I pray, Lord. Based on the, the promises that you've given us, that this morning will be a time of freedom. Because for such a freedom that you called us into your kingdom. Lord, we thank you. We come against every work of the enemy. Every scheme. Every whisper into our ears. Hopelessness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke it. We rebuke this power. 
any contrary power to your Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke it. You've given us this power, Lord. They cannot function in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, heal your people. Lift us up to a higher ground. We leave this place with charged power. Because the work is out there in the dying world. We thank you, Lord. Help me, Lord, present the message that you would have for your people this morning. We love you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can you make some noise here? Please. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Be seated. Thank you for coming, and I'm really delighted to be here again. Uh, it's very encouraging to, uh, for me to see some people return after last week. <laughs> to, to us pastors, that's very encouraging. But for some reason, my eyes were uh, scanning. There were a couple that usually sit up here. Oh, that's why you moved back. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I was, I was going to really fast and pray about what happened. Thank you. Thank you. We're exploring about the grace of God. Last week, we talked about uh, the doorway into the grace of God. Uh, if this morning when you came, all the doors were locked, there wouldn't be any way for you to get into the building. However you desire to be here, no way. So the Bible from Isaiah chapter 12 that we started uh, talking about last week showed us that the way into the well of salvation was grace. That's why it was called the well of salvation. Salvation is only by grace. So we have established last week that in order for that door to be functional in our lives, there are two things important for, for grace to be there, about to, to, to be. And there, there were grace needed to be pure, no contaminated grace. And the second one was that grace needed to be coupled with faith. These are the two main ingredients for the door to be lubricated and for the door to be functional for us to get into. But I don't know how many of you have read uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, but C.S. Lewis uh, uh, has this uh, metaphor of uh, grace uh, being coming into a big, a big house, a mansion. So you could really walk into that mansion and then uh, uh, remain at the, at the uh, um, front place. You, you would never get into the other rooms to enjoy the mansion. You just have come into, into the building itself. So most of the time, churches and uh, Christians, that's what we do. Uh, uh, Bible-based churches uh, kind of drill in the, the salvation by grace. So a lot of people will enter into the mansion and stay there, freeze there, and die there. But uh, then uh, th this, this is the reason why the Holy Spirit has picked this passage for us to go deeper. Once we go into the building, then there is, we are accessing the well of salvation. 
Okay, that is the Lord Jesus Christ in his entirety. Hallelujah. So once we're in, we are feasting in the treasure that God has for us in his, in his body, the bride. So this is what we're exploring. Today, once we are in, I'm going to expose you to one of the doors. There are two smaller doors that we need to go through in order to, be, to, to, to start enjoying or start uh, joyfully dipping water from the well of salvation. I don't know if, I, if I've got this, but I'm going to try. Did I go too, too far? Okay, I had, yes, I had those two uh, in, in the beginning. That's why I wanted to, okay, leave the two from last week so we can start with those, okay? The first, the, uh, even go, go higher to uh, verse 3, verse 6, I'm sorry. Isaiah 12, 6. Do you have it? If not, it's okay. Remember, Isaiah 12, 6 says that the, in your midst, God is going to be powerful. Can you say amen to that, please? And that, that was a wonderful place to be. That means it means something. That's why I'm asking you to say amen to that. It, it was not just a statement. When God says, in your midst, what does that mean? Every time we come together, that promise is there for us. Can you imagine that? That's why the body is so powerful in, in the sight of God. In your midst, meaning that as a single person, you may not be able to access the, what God is talking about. So when we come together, God is going to be mighty full because the body is coming together. Okay, how do we do that? Then verse 3 comes in. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the spring of salvation. So the first smaller gate that I want to talk to you this morning is the gate that involves the Spirit of God, this discriminating power of the Spirit of God. I'm going to, I'm going to say this very, very slowly so it, it will really drill into our souls. There are two doors. The first one, once we go into the building, remember the bigger uh, door is the grace of God. Once we go in, there are two smaller doors that we need to walk through. One of the smaller doors is that the discriminating power of the Holy Spirit. And the other door for next week will be the discriminating power of the Word of God. Those need to be uh, fully functional in the body of Christ. As we are going deeper into getting more water, more treasure from the life and death, resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to have that discriminating power of the Holy Spirit. So for, for such an example, I went to Home Depot and got this. I don't know if I can, can you still hear me? <laughs> so it's, it's working. It was worth my $30. <laughs> if I can, 
start preaching wearing this, what, what would you think? Come on, talk to me. Okay. So you're more concerned about what is coming to you. Oh, okay, wonderful. But really, I mean, would you suspect there might be some contaminants in the air? Would you? You would probably say that, what, what did pastor hear that we don't know about this building? Or how is his health? Why would he need something like this when others of us just sit in here and we're healthy? What this serves is what we are, we are going to be talking about, what needs to happen in the body of Christ. This has the capacity to discriminate. That's why I spent $30 on this. It means that what is out here is not going to be conducive to my health. I need to filter some of the things that are not healthy out and let what are healthy in. Okay, in a special cases like when you're painting, when you're doing some chemical work, that's why you need this. It has inbuilt power, capacity to discriminate. Don't ask me how. But when you wear this, you start becoming comfortable in, in, in the area. It doesn't matter what is out here, as long as you wear this, According to what it can discriminate, you will be okay behind this. Oh, come on, come on, church, come on. Come on, church, this is, this is important. So what, what needs to happen is that we need to have a device like this, which will be the power of the Holy Spirit to discriminate anything that are allergenics to the grace of God. Can you say amen? Come on, come on, work with me. I'm going to only be here seven weeks, so this is not too much to ask. <laughs> Work with me. So it is really important. That means in the church, we are concerned about the conducive environment for the work of the grace of God. When we're not, it doesn't matter how we pray. It doesn't matter how desirous we are about the grace of God, unless we are creating the atmosphere, he won't be here. Hear me, please, hear me. This is where the deception in the church is. We think that, okay, I, Lord, I want to see you. But, but the environment is not allowing him to show up. So it's not only about prayer. It has to be, the device needs to be up. So one of the doors that we need to go through is that the discriminating power of the Holy Spirit. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians um, here. I, I, want, I want us to read. Oh, man, this, this may be messed up then. Okay, this is it here. No. Okay, let's start with this, and then I'll, I'll, share, I'll just share with you about uh, <laughs> some of the things that I have on the slide here. Let's read the, uh, this together. One, three.
You see, you see the end in the middle? God says, I need to be one thing for Israel before I become the other for her. Come on, hallelujah. So he's saying that I need to be a fence that will discriminate anything keep out, conducive energy, conducive relationships in, then in that case, I will become what? Glory in her midst. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, church. Hallelujah. This, this is powerful. So God, what God is saying is that I will serve as the filtering device for Israel, for, for Jerusalem, for Israel. Let me take you to another one. Do, do we have, uh, 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 this is, it's not even working, so do you have uh, first Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 12? Okay, let's read this. Again, 1-3, please. My grace is sufficient for you. Stop there. That's the formula that God is going to infuse himself in a person. You become weak, my strength will show itself in your weakness. That is the basic formula for the church. You become weak. I will show my strength through your weakness. When you see that formula, how do you apply it to your environment? Look at what Apostle Paul took out of the verse. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Once I see the formula, then I am embracing the environment. What is the environment? I start delighting in my weakness. Ah, Lord, help us today. My goodness, help us. You know, some other places, they will shout out loud when they hear like that. Because that means that whenever God is pronouncing revelation, it means that he's getting ready to do something. So don't sit there. I don't know if this is Minnesota niceness. Come on. You can, you can go back into that culture outside. This is the church right here. Come on. Let's be crazy about the Lord. It's okay. So look at how Paul is creating that environment. The, in fact, the church of Corinth, uh, Corinth said that uh, you are the least of the apostles. He said, that, don't push me to brag, because that violates the environment that I am creating for the grace of God. Hallelujah! He says, I'm not the, at any level the least apostle. Compare me with Peter, with James, with John. Whatever they have imparted to the church is coming to you through me. The reason why I am not boasting is that I am creating the environment. Praise God. This is very important. So the discriminating power of God needs to work in our churches, in our administration, in our structures, in a way that the grace of God starts flourishing here. People will notice it's not because of him. It is because of the grace of God. It's not because of her. It is because of the grace of God. 
That's the environment that a church needs to create. How do we do that? Let me, okay, let's go to the next one and then I'll, 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 we're getting deeper here. Let's read this. There were six steps around the top of the throne in its rear, and the arms on each side of the seat, and two lions. Give me another one. Is there, is there, did I just, okay, 20, yes. 12 lions. Nothing. Don't miss that. This is a kingdom of Solomon. The Bible says that no other kingdom in the world had the blueprint of this. Going up into, onto the throne, there are steps like this. These are only three. But there are six steps. The, biblically, there is mystery in that verse right there. Number six is a number of humanity. Okay? So what he's saying is that every time there are six steps, humanity, the flesh, the natural, has the tendency to come into the kingdom. What Solomon has done to create the environment, on each side of the steps, there are lions. One lion there, one lion there. It means that for every step of humanity showing up, we need the power of the lamb, two lions. Oh, come on, church. Come on, church. That's why it was a different kingdom. The structure of the kingdom was made in such a way that it was discriminating. It was pushing the system of the flesh out. Would you, would you not like a church like this? Let me give you another one. In case this is a little, a little too dense. Let's go. Look at this one. So it was that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had taken, what, what, what would happen? Can you imagine this? It was miles and miles that they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. One, two, three, four, five, six. Stop! Why? It reminds us the flesh in the, in, in the ministry. So what would we do? We sacrifice. Pour the blood on the flesh. And then more. One, two. Ah, come on, church. Come on, church. This, is, this was how they were handling ministry. In the, in the Old Testament. They were aware of the potential of the damage of humanity in the system of God. Theologians, you may be sitting here and say, that's heresy. Praise God. This is one of the biggest problems that we're dealing with in our generation is that in theology, it was so shaped in a way that humanity has become almost at the same par with God. He loved the world so that he gave his only begotten son. The only appearance, love, that God has for humanity is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Beyond that, he is, the Bible says in Ephesians, we were enemies. 
He wasn't impressed about what we can produce in the church. The warning to Moses, Moses, be careful. You do things according to what? What has been shown to you up on the mountain. Don't start adding things to the structure. I know what is perfect. I know what is good. Stick to the plan. Hallelujah. So what were they doing? They were conscious of what was happening in their midst. That would avoid, that would protect, that would push God away. So they were discriminating against that in every step. In Solomon's case, he said that the, the power of the Lamb needs to control the steps, the government entirety. Here, the system of ministry needs to be governed by the blood of Jesus every sixth step. How many steps have you taken even from the parking lot to here? How many steps? I really want you to be conscious next time, next Sunday when you walk here. That means that every six steps, there is a tendency of who you are coming in contaminating grace. So God is so concerned about this. When he is trying to live with us, when he is trying to to, to share who he is with us. He wanted to clear these areas. With that, we'll go into the second uh, um, point that I have right here. Then in order for discrimination to happen, the requirement is knowledge. Can you discriminate without knowledge? You can't. Whether discrimination, uh, you know, you, you are translating is in a negative part or in a positive part. The, the prerequisite for discrimination is knowledge. You have to know what you're discriminating against. See, well, then that's, that's a problem. That's a, the second step that we're facing in the church is that how do, how, how do we tell that uh, when a person is in, in the flesh? <laughs> how, how, how do we do that? If we don't know how to do that, the safest thing to do is what? Not to discriminate. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Isn't that the truth? When we do not know how to discriminate, even when raising kids, this is what we do. When we do not know how to tell what is happening there, the safest thing is to be graceful and let it go. So in the body of Christ, this is what is happening right now. Because we do not know how to discriminate, then we say... Well, God knows the heart of people. <laughs> One truthful gentleman right here. Thank you. God bless you. He said, yes, that is the truth. So how do we know? Epistemology is, the, is, the, is a branch of philosophy in the, in the early days. One of the biggest things in philosophy that people are pushing is uh, how do we know what we know? Okay, the Western civilization really started from this uh, basic uh, premises of uh, how, how do you know what you know? <laughs> so in the scriptures, the Lord Jesus gave us a few things. Uh, roll roll the, the things and then let uh, the... And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. So truth is the main thing for us to be free, to operate. We got to know. Let's go. Let's go. One more. All right. Look at this. You will know them by what? 
Okay? Because what? Grapes are not gathered from? So the Lord Jesus, what he gave to his church, his administration, his body is this. You shall know bad trees by their... Talk to me. That's the only knowledge that is deposited with us besides what the Holy Spirit reveals through discernment. The church is only given this. You shall know them by their fruit. That means whatever thing that is happening in your spirit, okay? Don't always take this, uh, what, what we're discussing, as the, what we are discussing here as, as negative. Sometimes even the, the holiest thing that we think about God has a tint of selfishness in it. Okay, when, we're, when, when I'm saying this, don't always jump into, into the negative, okay? So, in the neutral. Not negative, not positive, right in the neutral. If I were to depend on the fruit. Okay, my brother here, Joel. He thinks of something. So, by the time that what he's thinking about bears fruit, it takes time. Am I correct? Wave at me. It takes time. That's why the difference between uh, um, seed and fruit are different. Because you drop a seed, it takes some time to grow, bear fruit. That's why there are more fruits than the seed. Come on, come on. It takes time. This is the struggle that we have in the church. By the time we find out that what he is thinking is bearing bad fruit, it is already too late. The church is contaminated. The body has the, the entire body has declined. Things have happened. Now the only way to cure this is is uh, entering into uh, incision surgery. Okay, we got to cut this off. And take it out. By the time we try this, the system has already connected to so many people. Come on, you church, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. So when you are cutting one thing out, it has already touched so many. So how do we discriminate? This is the struggle that we have here. Let me propose of something to you. Where the power of discrimination of the, power of the Spirit of God comes in. What if we can know the seed and discriminate against the seed before it bears fruit? Let me try over here. <laughs> Did you get it? The law of the seed and fruit is that whatever you sow, that's what comes up. If I see in your hand contaminated seed before you sow it, then I'm saving the body of Christ a lot of grief. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, church. Come on, church. The enemy is so deceptive. 
He doesn't want us to discriminate against the seed. He wants us to wait until the fruit is there because he can, he can maneuver himself in such a way that even after seeing the fruit, you would, not, you would not know that it was a bad fruit. Okay, you don't believe me. Let me give, give, give me another probably. Look at this. Paul and the apostles, I mean his followers, a team of ministers got into Macedonia. God started doing marvelous things. There was a lady, a tiny slave girl, walking behind them and crying out this. Following Paul and us, she kept, she kept crying out saying, these men are bond servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the ways of salvation. Any, any, anything wrong? Talk to me, anything wrong? Isn't that what they were doing? Isn't that who they were? So the fruit of our speech does not show you that there is anything wrong in that statement. Come on, come on, please. Do you see that? In fact, for that kind of advertisement, churches pay. Isn't that true? Yeah. I would pay if somebody followed me and said, look at Pastor Amenti. But look at what happened. Uh, let's jump to verse eight, uh, 18. She continued do doing for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed. Do you see that? As a man of God, he started discriminating against the source of the voice. Not the fruit of the voice. The fruit was so confusing. The fruit was so positive. But the positivity of the, the fruit came from a bad seed. Come on, church. Come on. You see that? So he was so deceptive. What he was doing was that the enemy was crying out a positive fruit from a negative seed. So he got annoyed. Meaning that the seed in him was not jiving with the seed in the ground. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, church. You know what? This church is bound to be a, a, a wonderful work of God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, it's no more struggles, no more, ugh. His spirit sensed the seed in that little girl. What did he do? I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. That was the end of it. No more crying. <laughs> you see that? He got into, from the natural discrimination of fruit, into the supernatural discrimination of the seed. He started discriminating the source. I see a lot of heads shaking. Yes. This will set you free. Really, God, make it an appointment to tell you this. This is not my wisdom. 
I don't have anything that set me apart from any of you. This is God taking the appointment to come to give us enlightenment, illumination in our spirits so that the church will rise up. Hallelujah. So what is happening here? He is taking a step back. It's no more natural knowledge. It's no more waiting for the fruit. It is now discriminating what is inside the source. Third point, very quickly. How, 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 how can this happen? There are two ways of this happening in the scriptures. One, like I, I spoke earlier, we will, in the series, we'll get to the spiritual gifts. One is through the gift of discernment. God will raise up people in the body that will have the discernment of discriminating the seed, the source. Before you start in the, in the elders' meeting, raise your hands and speak. The Lord will say to somebody, that's not for me. <laughs> okay, so it's a scary part. But that's how the church is kept pure. <laughs> We're not a bunch of people that come together and just, just do whatever we want and go home because of the grace of God. <laughs> this is a church of his own that he purchased through the blood, precious blood of Jesus Christ. He wants to fight. Keep it clean. He's not concerned about how many people worship in this church. He's concerned about how many people are entering into grace of God. That's his concern. So when we are coming in line, in, in line with what he desires for us, then the gift will come into the body of Christ where discernment comes in. But we, before we get there, I want to really apply a, a systemic thing that God put in the body of Christ. How many minutes do I have? I don't see the, okay. You removed the clock, so it's, it's not my fault. I, I don't see anything up there. That means that we could be here until three. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you for doing that because I, it started becoming anxiety to me. <laughs> Appreciate that. So I want, I want to give you the systemic way of doing this. Okay, look at what Paul did. What did Paul do? He rebuked it. He didn't, he didn't have a list of things to compare. Okay, is, does it match? That was not his way of doing. When he sensed a negative spirit, contrary to the spirit of God inside him, the first thing he did was he rebuked it. When he rebuked it, because of the power of God deposited on the life of Paul, that spirit could not resist. I don't, I don't want to use people as, a, as a props, as examples of negative spirit, but I want to I use this, okay? Is this all right? Okay, this is my life right here. What the enemy is banking on to get to God is how involved I am within myself. That's what he's banking on. 
What God is banking on to, work, to do his work in me is the less I am involved within myself, the more he can show himself through me. That's God on this side. The enemy here says the more you are morbid, morbid the more you are inward focused, the better chance that I have. So this is what's happening. This is the struggle that Paul says that we're not struggling with flesh and blood. It's not about me. It's about this or that. Come on, church. Come on, church. So when, you, when we start understanding this, what Paul did was that instead of dealing with this little girl that was confused and became the, 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 uh, the, the carrier of the spirit, he rebuked the spirit. Now she's free. There's nothing that is accessing her. You see that? So that power, when Jesus Christ gave us in the scriptures, he says that, I have given you authority over every demonic spirit. What do you think that means? It means that you have power to rebuke. That's why before we start every, every church, if you see me in the ministry, I rebuke. That means that anything that was, that was counting on accessing who, how you feel today to sabotage what God was doing, I rebuked it. Amen. You see how, how the church becomes free? Now that the person is left to their own understanding where the Holy Spirit have access to their life and bring the grace from inside out. Now they can, they, can, they can be humble without the critic of the Spirit sitting next to them. Sometimes, you know, you know I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but, uh, you know, um, you get in conflict with people and you start hearing these voices. You're not less than them. Why are you walking away from this? Anybody? Do you think that is the grace of God? No, that's the enemy. He's, he's accessing my selfishness. He's pumping this uh, vengeance in me. And all of a sudden I say, I'm not less than you. Why am I walking away from this? You see that? This is what's happening in the body of Christ. Instead of us being conducive environment for the grace of God to function, to heal us, to empower us, we have become the weapon of the enemy. Divisions in the church. I am Apollos. I am Paul's. I am Jesus Christ. Where is it coming from? You see that? So the church needs to cultivate this spiritual environment. Okay? When we are waiting for the Spirit of God as a gift to come into the body of Christ as a discernment, we'll go into that as we are going deeper into getting our water from, from the well. But right now, the, the least we can do is to resist the enemy 
to rebuke it from our families, from our marriages, from our children. My wife and I hold hands and rebuke the enemy from our children. I've seen wonderful things happen. She, she starts, especially my daughter, she's really trusting with people. She starts telling us these negative things about their friends. We start rebuking it. I, I can count on my fingers right here how many of her friends left the, the, the school. Unknowingly, parents are making decisions. Our, our daughter cannot stay here, and then they move. We know what happened. <laughs> we know what happened, that God interfered. Because we rebuke the power of the enemy behind the person. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Come on, church. So one of our biggest things when we are collectively coming together is the body of Christ, those who are mature, will rise up and do the rebuking. Elders in the church, this is your function. This is what God has called you. To stand up and say, before the congregation starts, walk around and say, in the name of Jesus, we bind every demonic spirit, every deceptive idea of the enemy. We're presenting people as they are to your grace. When we do that, then the Lord starts... Let Let me put it this way. People who, st- who used to walk this way, when you start rebuking the enemy, you'll see what happens in their life. Seriously, I'm telling you the truth. They start like connecting to what God is saying through the church. Sometimes see, before you rebuke it, people start falling asleep. People sit here and then their mind is occupied with what's going to happen this afternoon. When you rebuke the enemy, the spirit will open up and say, give me more. Give me more. So this is how the church is setting up that environment for the grace of God to function. Come on, church. Next week, we will walk into the discriminating power of the word of God. Today we're dealing with the Spirit of God. Next week we'll see how the word discriminates against these things. There's nothing hidden from the eyes of God. Nothing hidden. I don't care what you're doing in your life. As we are progressing into what what I'm talking about, it is no more hush-hush in the body of Christ. It'll come to the surface. You repent. You have a choice to repent. If not repent... He knows what he he can do with you. (laughs) The church is becoming pure. The church is becoming ah, malleable in the hand of the Lord. Play-Doh. Have you ever played? Yes. That's what he has every Sunday morning. He's asked us preachers to do this. So that the body will be ready for God to work. As we are entering into prayer. uh, Elders, I know there is a meeting. I know you're going to be busy. But I want to call you out. And then maybe line up on either side of the church here. 
we're going to engage in, in the process of rebuking, even today, you can be set free. These ideas that bother you, the things that the enemy plants inside your heart, your, your emotions, you can be free. You can, for such a freedom has God called us. No more this. Remember when Jesus saw that, that little bent uh, woman, what did he say? Isn't she the daughter of Abraham? Why does it matter that she was a daughter of Abraham? Remember what God said to Abraham? He never said, look down. What did he say? Look up to the stars. But she was like this ever. And he said, isn't she the daughter of the, uh, Abraham? Yes, then in that case, she should be doing this. Not this. Amen. He set her free. <laughs> Hallelujah. He set her free. Today, if you're walking like this, he'll say the same thing. Aren't you a son of Abraham? Daughter of Abraham? Why are you walking like this? Walk like this. He will set you free. Because he's a mighty in the midst of you. Did you see that? He's powerful in our midst. This is our God. As we're getting ready to, to pray, please, elders, leaders of the church, I don't know what, what name you go under, council, what, whatever. Please, elders, come, come out here for me, please. God has given you authority. Please. The rest of us will enter into prayer. I'm going to invite you Eyes closed. God has spoken to us today. The church, the bride, God is inviting her into that environment of healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you.